You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezrus Hashem, something that I've been spending some time reading is my Saba, Rav Yisrael Rosenfeld, biography. Now, my Saba was a Heliga person, an incredibly special person who grew up in a, in a deeply rooted Satmar family from Chust. His father was a very close friend, Talmud of Rav Yelish, even before Rav Yelish became the Rebbe of Satmar back when he was a Rosh Hashiva. And in my Saba's journeys, in my Saba's process, there was a real encounter with the depths of Hasidus. And then after the war, after Auschwitz, there was a real disconnection to Hasidus. And then throughout my life, there was also, in the life of my brothers, there was certain warnings against learning Hasidus. Once he saw us learning Hasidus, there were certain warnings against the Levush of Hasidus. Once he saw that there was some element of the Levush of Hasidus, there was a certain warning about connecting to Tzadikim as a result of learning Hasidus. But my Saba was a person who really worked through and came out the other side with a deep connection to Hasidus that underwent all of its various changes and shifts to create his experience as a modern Orthodox educator who taught young children Gemara learning on the most basic level, but was always filled with a fire and a faith of Hasidus, a quiet one, a simple one that enabled him to move forward in the depths of his nightmares and the depths of his memories and the depths of his pains. Now, one story that I, I find myself to think about a lot, and I was thinking about on Tishaba from my Saba, is a story of what happened when he was working in the Canada section of Auschwitz, which is where they would work through the possessions of other individuals, other Jews who had come to the camps and had their possessions stripped away from them. And my Saba was there working with a Dayan from the town of Chus, the Heilige Tamar Chacham, as my Saba used to recount the story. And the story goes, as he told over to my father, that the Dayan said, Srulka, you know, it's going to be Sukkah soon. It's going to be Sukkah soon, and we have to try and collect some bread to be able to make a Leishev Basukah. And the reason they would be able to make a Leishev Basukah was because this Dayan had identified a plank of wood in a particular area that if you dug underneath it enough, you would be able to kind of sit and perhaps make a bracha. So my Saba started saving up his bread. And eventually it came to the night of Sukkot. And this Dayan said, Srulka, come, it's time to make a bracha of Leishev Basukah. And they ran underneath this plank of wood with their residual remnants of abject bread provided. And they made a Leishev Basukah. Now, my Saba told over to my father, he said that he was absolutely certain, absolutely certain beyond the shadow of a doubt that Mashiach Tzidkenu would come in that moment as a result of the Messias Nefesh, as a result of the abject suffering, as a result of the pain and the in unimaginable difficulty that was taking place at that time, my Saba was absolutely convinced. And so when my father heard this story, he said, but dad, ultimately Mashiach didn't come. 
And when you looked out through the cracks in the wood, you didn't see the stars like the Gemara and Sukkot describes. You saw the smoke from the crematoria. And so what did you do? And my Saba looked my father straight in the eyes and he says, that's up top, Hadish Baruch Hu. We started preparing wicks for Hanukkah. And in that Misa, in that Misa, I believe, is the crux, is the Evan Hashasiya of what Teresa Hasidus, at least as I understand it from the, the blood of my family, is what Teresa Hasidus is coming to teach us. That there are two perspectives that one can utilize when looking at reality. The first perspective is the temporal linear perspective that sees things as undergoing the perpetual process and change of past, present, and future. And the past is something that is undone. And the present is simply a time for preparation towards a future goal. And preparation is only seen as valuable in the light of what the eventual goal is going to be. If ultimately I arrive at my goal, then retroactively, the light of the goal will reflect itself back onto the process and illuminate the process with significance because the process clearly led to a goal. But God forbid, if the process doesn't lead to a goal, then it's going to be seen as extra, failed, meaning, meaningless, and insignificant. Now, this perspective of this deep split between process and goal, something that we've spoken about so often, is obviously a result of the primordial cataclysm that takes place at the very outset of reality, especially human history, which is the chet of the aretz. Even before the chet of Adam Harishon in Achilles Eitz Sadas, we see the chet of the aretz that HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired, so to speak, from the land. And Rav Kuk as other tzaddikim do as well, discuss this nakuda in particular. Rav Kuk discusses it, I believe, in Oras Achuva, in, in Perak Vav Osches, that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted was that, in truth, the trees should have been created eights pre otsapri. They should be a fruit tree that creates fruits. And instead, because of the chait of the arts, because of the transgression of reality itself, even prior to the transgression of human beings, because nothing was ever perfect. Human beings did not destroy some previous sense of perfection. Things were set up deliberately imperfect so that human beings could come in contact with the process of owning our imperfection and coming closer to God, specifically through our imperfection. So the game was somewhat set up ahead of time, some Thing that we'll discuss and the tzaddikim of Ishbitz, Radzin, the Leshem, all of the tzaddikim really speak about. But suffice it to say that in truth, prior to the chait of Adam and Chava of eating from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, there was a chait of the Aretz that instead of creating a tree, a fruit tree that makes trees, there were plain trees that made fruits. So instead of seeing an eights pre, oisa pre, a fruit tree making fruits, instead we just had a regular tree that makes fruits. And the way that tzaddikim are masbirit as follows is that the eights represents the process. The bark of the eights represents the process, and the fruit of the tree represents the goal. Now, generally speaking, in our vision of process, we split between the tasteless bark, the meaningless process, and the ultimate tastefulness of the goal itself. But that is only because the trees have decided to create themselves without a bark that tastes like the fruit. Because in truth, prior to the transgression of the ground, there was meant to be an acknowledgement that even the bark of the tree tasted like the fruit. Meaning to say that every ounce of the process was was saturated with the significance and the meaningfulness of the goal to the degree that every step along the process was a sense of the goal itself. It was not a temporal framework that was splintered between a past, present, or a future where the value of my experience is rooted in the goal that I'm going to accomplish, but rather each and every moment, each and every temporal framework, every possible moment of awareness was seen as the beginning, the middle, and the end of all things. It was a sum total of unity in and of itself that contained 
contained everything possible. Each and every moment, each and every experience contains the grand history of beginning of creation, the interruption of revelation, and the culmination of redemption. There is a beginning, there is a middle, and there is an end, there is an up, there is a middle, and there is a down, inherent within each and every moment. And each and every moment, from the healthy perspective of a fruit tree that makes trees, of Tam Ha'etz Ketam Ha'pri, as things were truly supposed to be, each and every moment is seen as valuable, insignificant of what happened beforehand or what will happen after. This moment is a nitzchias. This moment contains all possible iterations of expression as the Leshem Shavuach Halama writes, Hakol Hu Bakol, everything is in everything, or as the Rashash writes, Hakol Yesh, everything is available. Now, the Or of Hasidus, the Or of Hasidus and the Or of Pnimiyas Torah awoke to the issue that as a result of the transgression of the earth, as a result of the transgression of reality, human beings can't live with that mindfulness of finding everything I possibly need in this moment right in front of me, irrespective of what happened yesterday and irrespective of what I'm worried about happening tomorrow. Yes, I plan based on what happened yesterday. Yes, I need to plan in accordance with what I think will happen tomorrow. But in this moment, when I shut the planning off, I am fully present in this moment right here, right Right now, Atta, right now, right now, right now, right now. And in the right now is contained everything a person possibly has to find. Hasidus was fully aware of what happens when a person loses sight of that ability to be present. A person is torn asunder by the temporal sway of things, by the feeling of having missed out and lost opportunities associated with the sadness of the past, with the anticipatory dread and fear over the anxiety of the future and the disappointment found in the scarcity and the deficiency of each moment. Hasidus understood that a person cannot live in exile without the light of redemption, which will reveal to us the saturated significance of each and every moment. So what the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh did and what the Torah of the Vilna Gon did and what the Ramchal did and what the Rashash did and what all of the Tzaddikim, especially in our generation do, are feeding us the light of redemption where they show us that we can now begin to access that ability to be here now, to live in the presence as my dear friend and teacher Benji Epstein writes so beautifully about, to live in the presence, to find the entirety of the world folded into the moment in front of us because there is nothing other than this moment. We have needed this this medicine to be given to us. So now we find ourselves in a split screen. On the one hand, we still live in the fabric of the failed process of history, which still splits between process and goal, tells us that process is meaningless if it doesn't lead to a meaningful goal. But we're also fundamentally aware of the redemptive impulse at the heart of the Torah of Mashiach and the Sha'ashuim Amitim in the Torah Chadashim say, which is that Every single moment contains all that it possibly needs. And as the Torah Chacham teaches us, every single moment, each person, each activity contains a sum total of the entirety of the world, stretching from the highest point of spiritual access towards the lowest expression of physical experience. From Adam Kadmon to Atzilus, Priyetzir and Asiya, each and every moment, each and every Nakuda is a standalone Ak and Abiya. It is a fractal that contains the all inside of it. And this Or of Mashiach allows us to break free from the rat race, to break free from the notion of success-oriented religious observance, of success-oriented or goal-oriented process. Yes, we have to make room for goal orientation, but in the moment, we have to see that this is the end-all, be-all of all things. As Rabbi Nassim, when he asked Rabbi Nachman, what is the most important thing that you do? Rabbi Nachman says, whatever I am doing right now, because right now in front of me, irrespective of the smallness, irrespective of the greatness, irrespective of anything at all, disconnected, killing 
killing off the past, killing off the possibility of a future, and throwing myself with abandonment in the here and now to find the Rabbi Nishalem right here, right now, to feel in each moment the urgency of being tasked with revealing Kavod Shemayim in this moment that nobody has ever revealed it in before and nobody will be able to reveal it in afterwards. In that way, each moment is transformed into a pregnant experience that is saturated with the possibility of redemption. The entire weight of exile rests on our shoulders without any of the pathological notions of shame or guilt. But as the Ramam tells us that each person has to walk around in each moment with the assumption that everything stands based on what my activity is going to be right now. And the significance that is folded over into that moment is what allows us to live right here, right now, and to encounter the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to encounter the Shem Havaya, which is, yes, a yes, a past, present, and future, but it's a past, present, and future that is folded into the moment right now, that each moment has a past, present, or future. As the Kajnitzer Magid says in his Biur on Sefer HaTemuna, that a Yid, what is a Yid? A Yid is a Yud. A Yid is someone who has a future-oriented perspective of things being possible, and it's connecting to a Hoiva. It's connecting to a present right now. It's drawing all of the expectations of the future, all of the heaviness and the plans of the past into right here, right now, so that I can say, hey, vav, hey, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is right here, right now with me, and therefore I have to be right here, right now with the Rabbi Shleilam. And with this reorientation of the value of the moment, I see in my Saba story that from the old perspective, in abject suffering, if Mashiach didn't come in this moment when you were convinced Mashiach was going to come, then doesn't that tell you that all your expectations of Mashiach in the past were faulty? And doesn't that shine light on what all your expectations of Mashiach are going to be in the future, that they're going to be faulty also? And that type of perspective that's rooted in the pain of failure and the anticipation of continued failure leads to hopelessness of the present moment. But what my Saba was teaching me, what my Saba was drinking from in the light of Hasidus and the light of Tzadikim, is that it doesn't make a difference what the outcome is. The outcome is up to the Rabbi Nishalim. It has nothing to do with me. As a human being, as a Baal Bechira, I have to lean into each and every moment, no matter how abject, no matter how difficult, with the full belief that right here, right now, Mashiach Tzidkenu can come. And in truth, in that moment, Mashiach did come for my Saba. Mashiach did come in that notion of Mesiris Nefesh and that ability to be Makadeh Shem Shemayim, Beino Levein Atzmo, where he was able to uncover the light of Kavod Shemayim in the hellish camps of Auschwitz, in the hellish place of that sukkah that was buried into the mud, like the Maisa from Rinachman and Hesheva Batlarim, where the chasana takes place, teaching me that, yes, in each and every moment, irrespective of what the result is going to be, one can find nitzrius, one can find power, and that confidence, that confidence of the power of Amuna, deeply trenched within the present focusedness of this moment, is what gives the power to prepare the wicks for Hanukkah as well, to move forward and to do the next right thing, to uncover a little bit more all rightness, and to live in this moment, to be a Yid who's a Yud that's Makasher Tahoeve, where we fold every possibility into this present moment and we realize that right here, right now, Mamish, we have the ability of uncovering the light of Mashiach in our own lives. And then eventually, when we can all tap into this momentary consciousness of right here, right nowness, then the eventual historical Mashiach will arrive as well. Be'ezra Sashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.